Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. And we hope that you enjoy today's episode. Well, hey, everybody. Passion and Purpose podcast here. I am just so grateful for the goodness of God. You know, as I review the, I don't know, we've done about 70 of these so far. Um, they're, they're doing what they were intended to do, build faith, uh, hear the testimonies of God, talk about at times key issues, heart issues that we're all dealing with to get breakthroughs that we need, and just do it in a relational way and to bring in friends and family and just Again, we just want to invite you in to be on the journey with us. And uh, as a part of that journey, got a new co-host, my buddy Jordan Ogden. I'm going to have Jordan introduce introduce himself here in just a minute. But I want us all to say J-O, J-O, Jordan Ogden. That's what we're going to call him. I don't have a cool name, so you might as well have a cool name. That's great. So so (laughs) J-O is going to be uh, hosting this with me and helping me. Uh, sort through both the testimonies, the issues of the day. And so I'm so grateful that you're with us. And give us a little history, introduce yourself a little bit sure. to the group. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm grateful to be here as well. So <laughs> married to Christy, 20 years, and that's the same amount of time that we've been part of the Antioch family. Mm-hmm. Christy was uh, went to Baylor. I was grafted in as an Aggie. Wow. And, yep. Coates College Station didn't, Antioch College Station wasn't there in those days, so I had to come and sit in the back of what at that time was called Dwelling Place Yeah. and got my world rocked through those times. Christy got connected through Baylor when Antioch was being planted, Antioch Waco, and then we, she's a nurse, so she went to Baylor Nursing School. Right. The Dallas, Antioch Dallas Church was planted right when we actually got engaged. And so we were just young Marys. It's part of that church for five years uh, under Ben and Ruth Loring, uh, which we were so grateful for. Mm -hmm. And then as they transitioned, we came on to lead the pastoral team there for about seven years. And then God had put uh, the Detroit Ann Arbor region on our hearts. And so we took a team from that church in 2013 mm-hmm. and planted. I was, was telling Jimmy yeah. was just there this cool. weekend, and mm-hmm. it was very uh, just great to be there. We transitioned back to Waco this summer, and yeah. we're so so excited to be part of Antioch Waco. So there you go. There we are. Yeah. So, but in Detroit area, so yep. you guys, so you planted yourselves out of Dallas. Right. And to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Right. You guys have a work there. And then what are the other works that have happened out of Detroit? Yeah. So, or out of, you know, yeah. Had, so I had a regional vision. So from the beginning, we're praying into and taking teams into Detroit itself with a goal to have two uh, training schools, one on the Ann Arbor side, one on the Detroit side. So we have, we have that that's happening. And then we have a church called Paradox that's in Warren, Michigan, which is a suburb of Detroit, and then Antioch, uh, Detroit, uh, in the city, uh, with another one coming um, this summer. So, yeah, it was a really cool them. picture. You know, we often talk about Isaiah 54, 2 and 3, your descendants will possess nations, right. resettled desolate cities. You right. guys took that seriously. Right. <laughs> uh, from the uh, Antioch Dallas plant uh-huh. uh, to Ann Arbor and into Detroit and the surrounding right. areas. Right. And, and I, I love that. I, I just, this stuff works, man. Right. I mean, 
I'm really, you guys are just well, testimonies. And, and, it and actually weak, works. And weakness and simplicity. Yes. What we say is it's weak, it's yeah. small, but it's actually real. And when it's, yes. when it's, when it's the kingdom, it will. It, you know, you, I told Chrissy to this morning, I was like, yeah, I am shocked yeah. <laughs> that in weakness and trembling that God will still bless that, that yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the way, the way I'm saying it these days with the church is you don't need a big church. You need a potent church. Mm. That the DNA of the kingdom, the DNA of the book of Acts, whether that's a gathering of 50 or 100 or whether it's a gathering of 50,000, it's the potency that people are desperate for. Right. Are these authentic lovers of Jesus? Right. Are they authentic disciple makers? Does every area of their life, is every area of their life affected by the glory of God and the kingdom yes. of God? And many times, actually, that needs to be small mm -hmm. uh, because uh, the complexity of large at times can be a stumbling block. Sure. It can also be an incredible blessing. But again, the goal is never big or small. The goal is potency and right. authenticity right. so that people see Jesus. Amen. And that's what I see in you guys and your friends. And I love the little picture. I got to see a picture of uh, all, the leaders, all the leaders all the pastors, on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we've multiplied our lives through disciple making and church planting. And man, that's one of the reasons I have you here. But another right. reason is I just love your heart for Jesus. I see Jesus when we talk and Thank share. You. And we're going to go on a beautiful ride. Let's do it. So, so what I did is I kind of, I'm flipping it where on, some, on most of these uh, podcasts, Jordan and I together, is I'm getting him to ask me questions uh, that things that I feel are important for us as the body of Christ, important of us for, specifically for the Antioch movement and our part in the body of Christ. So uh, Jordan, we got a topic for today. Yes. This is your introduction. Yes. No pressure, bro. <laughs> Throw me a softball. Yeah. And okay, let's talk. So, so first softball, you know, Chris and I have really benefited as we've been part of Antioch from your observations on, hey, what's going on? Because you're more connected than we are to leaders across the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So at what are coming out of 2020 and 2021, give right. us some of those key observations that you're seeing. Yeah. You know, um, if I could put it into one big category, I would say God's purifying his church. Mm. He's um, pruning his church right. so that he can put power on his church. Ooh. But the new power on the church, this fresh move of God will come from purity. Mm. It won't come from just visitation. Sure. It's not just learning how to access God and then, uh, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, but and then just use him so that people can be helped. Sure. But it's going to come out of a purity mm -hmm. and a desire for him, yes. a true passion that yes. is authentic and right. genuine. And, um, and so all the pruning, all the challenges I see throughout the body of Christ, there's not a leader that's loving Jesus and walking with God that hasn't been pruned in stunning ways. Right. Um, uh, some of it's just flat demonic. Uh, a lot of it's to curb the flesh or to, sure. to bring correction. Right. And, and uh, then the bigger part of it is just the sovereignty of God. God knows how to lead his people. He knows how to correct his people mm -hmm. for his glory. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the one the, the, the one area though that I make I want to hone in on that it, that is most uh, challenging and, and that I want to kind of help our listeners with is uh, what do I see the enemy doing in the middle of the pruning? So right. God's wanting to prune us for good, right? God wants to correct us for good, but what does the devil want to do to people uh -huh. during this season? Uh -huh. Okay, so I, I understand yeah. God's initiative. Yep. But then it's how do we respond in the midst of it? it's not right. just us and God, right? Yep. 
so there's the enemy that's selling stuff. So take us into some maybe a process that you're seeing. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so here's what I see happening to so many um, dear friends, good people, people that I love, not just leaders, this would be the body of Christ, people of God across our land. It's kind of a four-step process. Okay. It begins with offense. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets offended by something going on, on in the world, right. let alone somebody offended me personally. Mm-hmm. And then that offense then leads to some kind of bitterness toward the church, towards government, towards a friend or a family member. Aren't they doing more? Why didn't somebody meet my need? You know, there's an offense uh, that takes place. Then the next phase of that, I'll unpack this here in a moment, is you start pulling back. Mm -hmm. When I'm offended interpersonally, Mm -hmm. I I, I tend to pull back from that person. And when I pull back from that person in that relationship, there becomes a barrier in that relationship, and eventually it's going to end up being a broken relationship. So you pull back from people that hurt you or you perceived hurt you or people that you're not willing to reconcile with Mm -hmm. or uh, whatever. That detachment then puts me in a vulnerable place. Yeah, I'm isolated. Right? So then by nature, because God says, if if you won't forgive, I won't forgive you. And it doesn't mean that uh, judicially, like I'm forgiven by the grace of God for salvation. We're talking about if I won't forgive you, Jordan, for how you offended me today, which you didn't. But (laughs) if I don't forgive you today, then I am blocking the forgiveness and grace that I need with God. So now I got two problems. I got distance from you Mm -hmm. and I have distance from God. Actually, I'm blocked from the grace of God by my offense and I'm blocked in my relationship with you. I am detached. So phase one is I get offended by something from the smallest thing. You didn't say to me at church right. to some bigger deal of there's a world crisis going on. I don't think you responded well or I don't right. think we're doing enough. Big to small, I get an offense. I nurse that offense. I pull. Then secondly, I pull back from you and I pull back from God. And when I am blocked relationally, I begin to find things um, to salve my pain. Ooh. So what happens is God's made us for relationship. Mm-hmm. When I am intimate with God and I am appropriately intimate with brothers and sisters and family in a, in a, in a genuine, authentic way, my needs are, are met and therefore I'm not looking to other things to meet my needs. Right. So in our pain of detachment, mm-hmm. we attach to alcohol, we attach to drugs, we attach to materialism, we attach to distraction, we attach to intellectualism. It's anything and everything we could uh, touch that would give us some sense of adrenaline, some sense of comfort, right. some sense of value, right. because we've given up what's best. Right. Loving God, loving others, we've decided well, I'm pulling back from that, mm-hmm. justified or unjustified. I'm gonna go into my cave and meet my own needs. Right. And then we're always terrible at that. Hmm. So then meeting our own needs puts us in a ditch to an addiction. Right. So the third piece that's been so unique, uh, I would say these last two years, is that um, then we find opinions on the internet or on social media to reinforce our bitterness Uh. or to reinforce our addiction. Mm -hmm. We want somebody to justify why we cannot forgive, why we should be bitter. There's legitimate things that are deeply painful need to be dealt with appropriately, Mm -hmm. but the end is never bitterness. Mm -hmm. You have to forgive because Jesus forgave you. You have to reattach to Jesus. You have to. You may need to put a boundary on a person. You don't need to put yourself in an abusive situation. I'm not sure. talking about that. Their boundary does not mean I'm unforgiving. I can put a boundary on you, but forgive you before God, right. even if I have to distance myself right. for an appropriate time That's good. to re- to re- reconcile and restore. 
So that offense then causes the addiction. Then we find opinions online mm-hmm. to reinforce our sin, right. our unforgiveness or bitterness, and or we find theological perspectives that leave room for our latitude right. of addiction and brokenness apart right. from God's word. Right. So when we're choosing, like just take sexuality, sexual experiences or practices outside the context of a covenant of marriage and the exclusivity of male and female unto God, when we find that as our medication and then we reinforce that with opinions and theology, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden we're in a trap that you can't get out of until destruction comes. Right. right. So that could you could just name any issue. So if we have point one is the offense, point two is the detachment and the addiction, mm-hmm. uh, point Three is the opinions and progressive theology around us. Right. Then the point four is destruction. Right. Because sin always leads to death. Right. Every time. Right. I was hoping it wouldn't be. Right. I was hoping I could get away with it. I was hoping a little bit mm-hmm. could I could just do a little thing. Eventually, all sin leads to destruction. Right. Why is that? So that we might see ourselves. Right. And find our need for a savior, and find healing, and find right. grace and satisfaction that we right. never could have right. uh, on our own. Right, and the, and those are the aren't those the they're the heartwarming stories when we when we hear when when we yeah. ourselves come in. So I'm listening. I'm convicted. Yeah, I've done the I've I've been in every one of those uh, so have I. categories. Absolutely. Yes, and I'm so grateful for God's correction through His Word, through other people. You know, those are the t- the hope filled testimonies. Mm. I think that both of us are like, yeah. yes, and that's what we want. So this yeah. is this is actually a word of grace and hope yeah. to say, okay, if I, so, answer this: if if I, if a listener is saying, okay, I'm identifying myself right in between, let's just make it up two and three, or I'm working with a friend, right? Give us some coaching there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and and I would say the, the that all of us are working with a friend, and all of us are working through it ourselves. Yeah. So it's a both. It, it's always in play. I mean, and. And honestly, somebody asked me the other day, you know, how have you not uh, done something that's destroyed your marriage or something that's destroyed your ministry or whatever? I said, man, I've been on the bubble, been tempted by everything, and especially these last two years, to be honest, as vulnerable and as needy as ever. And I said, in the end, I just don't trust myself that much. Mm. I believe in Jesus and his word more than I do believe in me. Right. And it's not because I'm more holy than somebody else that mm-hmm. I find victory. Mm-hmm. It's because I recognize my need uh, may be different than someone else. Right. And it's just the recognition of our needs. So like you said, that four-step process, we're all in it. Mm. It's just uh, being uh, humbled to the Lord and getting back on the wheel. Right. So if because I do have friends that are in it, I connect with them. It says, as far as it's possible with me, I want to be at peace with men. Mm-hmm. If you come to the altar and you have uh, odd against your brother, go to your brother. Right. So I'm constantly reaching out to people saying, hey, forgive me for that little word. Whether they felt I did or not, I'm trying to say, right. search me and try me, Lord. How do I keep trying to reach out to people? Mm-hmm. If I see bitterness or unforgiveness in a friend or a family member, I'll just go to them and say, hey, man, the way you're talking and things are going on, you can share with me honestly, but man, you got to resolve that. Mm-hmm. How do we help get you to Jesus right. so that that thing is not continuing to, to, right. to hinder you? And then I think the, and then, so, so it's all relational stuff, but I want to say this, especially, well, I just want to say this to everybody. 
so many times peers are not talking to peers straight about what they see in each other's lives. Mm. You're waiting for me, a leader. You're waiting for some podcast. You're waiting for somebody online. Mm. You're waiting for them to get them in a church service to hear the, right. the scripture because we're afraid to just talk brother to brother and sister to sister. Mm. And my deal is if we're going to get breakthrough out of these cycles, you're going to have to it's talk to each other. Right. I mean, everybody's got to be correcting everybody. Everybody's mm. got to be talking to each other. Mm. And I would say, especially to the 30 and under crowd, because of you guys' access to uh, information you think you know more than we do. You know where to get the information more than we do, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you know more than we do. Right. However, that's a whole nother subject for another day. <laughs> but here's what I would say is, because you have access to so much information, I think that 30 and under peers tend to listen to peers because you guys are living in the same water. They, you, you can't say you don't understand. Mm -hmm. No, they do understand. You right. understand each other. The right. 30 and under crowd grew up in the information age, the opinions, mm -hmm. the progressive theologies, all the swirling ideas. Right. Because you know the water, speak to your brother or sister in the right. water and get them in the rescue boat. Right. Right? Right. So it's I, I choose to go to people, but I need peers to go to peers. Mm -hmm. When you see it because you're on the ground, speak to it. And you know why? You know why you overstep. You know why you push into that uncomfortable space, because it's going to end in destruction. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, literally, I could start breaking down, crying right. at the friends, people that were with us for twenty years, mm -hmm. that are making those choices of bitterness or right. making those choices of um, uh, opinions and theologies that are outside the context of Orthodox Christianity, the mm -hmm. supremacy of Jesus, the authority of God's word, and then finding themselves in broken places. Right and a need to find their way back. Yeah. So um, go to one another, uh, contend for one another in prayer. And maybe the, the last thing I would say is uh, pray this prayer with me as somebody had a picture for me a few months ago and they said, keep all the doors open and the roads open for people to come back. That's that great. No matter who has hurt me or hurt themselves. Not going to permanently close no, that th th off. They're not permanently closed off. You know, mm -hmm. of course, we, we're going different directions at times in the decisions that we make, but the door's always open. Mm -hmm. Like Jesus always right. gives me a way back. No matter how much I beat myself up mm -hmm. or think I ought to pay a little more penance or whatever, right. it's just he's simply a breath away. It's the turning back. It's amazing. So we're all just a prayer away, mm -hmm. uh, a belief system away, yes. a clarity away. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I, I get up morning by morning these days uh, and uh, in the midst of the swirl of so many painful, challenging things have gone on and and I just lean back into grace and I say, God, your, your grace is sufficient for me today. Mm -hmm. I'm not condemned today. Right. I wish I would have done something different here. I wish I could have done something different there, but I can't change that. Yes. But I'm free today yes. by your love, by your yes. forgiveness, by your grace. Right. And so maybe that's where maybe I just would like to wrap up today, right. if, if you're good with that. Um, uh, and just to say to whoever's listening, it is not too late. Yes. It's time. That's just a phrase I've been carrying. It's yes. not too late. Uh -huh. It's time. It's time to turn back to Jesus. Look at, read Luke 15, mm -hmm. uh, the story of the prodigal son. Put yourself in that position, mm -hmm. okay? I have drifted in my heart, my mind. Right. And look at the father's response to the child that turned. Yes. Just turn back to Jesus. Right. 
And then little by little, God will show you the steps, who right. to go to, who to reconcile with. Right. But I just want you to know, it is not too late. Mm-hmm. It's time yes. to restore that relationship, to restore that relationship with the church, to relate with right. the people of God for your purpose. Right. And you know what? Maybe there's some things that practically, consequentially, it's a done deal. We're not able to kind of go back and, and make everything right. Mm-hmm. But what we can do is go forward with a right heart response to that's God. It, yeah, that's it. So pray for us or wrap it up. What do you got? Yeah, I th- I, what stood out as I'm just listening is that little by little. Yeah. So starting with the turning back to Jesus, yeah. and I, especially maybe to that 30 and under crowd, not I hear a lot, I'm overwhelmed right. in that population. I just have a lot of grace. I know you do too sure. in yeah. your heart. So I think that the one thing that helps that is what you said. You're not, we're not saying, I don't think you're saying, go do it all, like right. turn back yeah. to Jesus sure. and every road you've burned and every door you've closed, <laughs> go open, you know, but that little by yeah. little, because it's the wisdom of God right. that we're trusting that he's shepherding us. Yes. Through that through that process, and I just want to say it, mm. to that being being the bold person or taking the risk of going to the person, right. I've been so blessed by brothers and sisters that have come to me and taken a it's a relational risk, yeah, they, right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I, God, I, I just honor those responses, and it's, it, it that has opened the door mm. for. It doesn't mean we're the best buds. Right, but it does mean, like you said, there is a purity of heart. Mm. There is a there is a mutual blessing as right. we're praying for one another. Yeah, and just if you want your heart to change, you, your heart can't change if you start praying for a person, a place, an issue. Mm. You can't pray for it in, with sincerity mm. and not have God change your heart. Mm. I love that. Come on, that's who God is. Well, that's what I need let's, you to do. Pray so for let's, us. let's do it, Lord. Pray change it. our hearts. <laughs> yes. We do. We just yes. cons- this morning we yeah. consecrate our hearts. Mm-hmm. To you, thank you, God, for your mm. wisdom. And we, we all, we right now, we all turn back yeah. to you. Thank you for that, Luke mm-hmm. fifteen. This, you know, the kingdom is like this. Thank you, Father, that that is mm. what you are like. You are waiting, and your response is so different than we would expect. And we worship mm-hmm. you this morning. Uh, we just pray grace for every mm-hmm. listener today. In mm-hmm. one little, maybe there's one nugget mm-hmm. that someone would take mm-hmm. a step with, and we bless our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you next on Passion and Purpose. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.